When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a Good Friday edition of the, the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm joined by the Echo's Paul Wheelock and our regular guest, uh, Gavin Buckland, and we're going to review um, Everton's dramatic late one all draw against um, Tottenham Hotspur on Monday night and then look forward to uh, tomorrow's uh, trip to Old Trafford where uh, Sean Dyche's side uh, face Manchester United. Uh, if, if we start with uh, you, Gav, um, dramatic finish um, against Tottenham, um, obviously, and, and after what had been a bit of a war of attrition for, for almost an hour, very much a dramatic second half overall. It was. I mean, let's face it, we uh, deserved the point, didn't we? Um, I thought we were... We were well worth the points. I think it would have been a, a miscarriage of justice if Spurs had won. I think they only had was it one shot on target in the second half, and that was the penalty. I thought we played some good, joined up stuff at times. We had, you know, the most of the the shots on target. We're unlucky with a couple, some bad decision making, and uh, even with ten men, you you thought we can get back into this. And as you say, the the surprise, I suppose. Uh, Chris came from the, the source of the goal and the yeah. the manner of it, which is thought Michael Keane's Everton career was summed up in 90 minutes, wasn't it, really, on Monday? Very <laughs> uh, clearness off the line in the first half. Foolish and sort of, uh, low to call it, brainless foul for the penalty. Then comes up with that at the end and totally deserved the points against the, a Spurs team that, you know, obviously... I think justified all the stick that Conte had given it. I thought Spurs were really poor, well deserved points, and um, keep keeps this little run going. And uh, I was, I was, I was impressed to be honest with you, especially with us at ten men. I, I come away uh, very confident after the match. Yeah, uh, Paul, what were your feelings? I mean, obviously, did Chelsea the, um, the previous fixture? I know it was two weeks before, but you know, felt like a win because it was a late equaliser, and then an, another last-minute goal from Michael Keane this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I go a lot what Gav said there, really, you know, and certainly in, in the days that that's, uh, you know, obviously fallen since with the other results around the Premier League, uh, it, it definitely feels like a win now. And it was, as Gav said, really, you know, one nil down after the sending off and after playing so well up until that point, could have felt sorry for ourselves, but we didn't. Uh, and again, it's that those those words that Dykes keeps on using relentless mentality. And I don't think they are buzzwords now. We're really beginning to see the proof, are we? In, in, in each game, that they're, they're not letting setbacks affect them greatly. And there's definitely a confidence with, with with the way we're playing. Actually, I thought we were the better team with ten men as well. And it, 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 it when the goal came, I know it came from a bolt from the blue and an unbelievable strike from Michael Keane, but it was fully deserved, as, as Gaz said a moment ago. Uh, you know, and then you come away confident with the performance, confident that you've got a point because yeah, as bad as Tottenham were, and you know, it's the chaos that they seem to be to be going through at the moment. They've still got some quality footballers there, 
and then it's just been helped with you know every other team playing this week dropping points bar from Leeds. So yeah, I was I was really hard by by what I saw on Monday, not just the results, but the you know the, the way we went about the game with eleven and ten. Then yeah, I mean, Gav, you mentioned that it's sort of epitomising or summarising in a way Michael Keane's Everton um, career but one thing I mean it's, it's kind of been joked about but they, they say that he is supposed to be one of the best strikers of the football at, at the club and it, okay they're not all going to come off when you try from that distance but you know it was quite the hit <laughs> Oh yeah and it wasn't just that I mean did they liken it to Jackie Elka's goal wasn't it against Liverpool but Jackie Elka's was the first time strike wasn't it Mm-hmm. Uh, where he didn't have, you know, he didn't have much to do other than just put his foot through it. But Michael, you know, he had to set the ball up, and then the ball was it sat up well for him. But he's, he's still hitting a stationary ball, and um, it bent, bent and dipped and, and did everything as they say. And um, it was it was just a great finish. I mean, and a few people have said over the last twelve months or so. I mean, you and Joe said it, that you know it was the best finisher at the club. Um, and that he, you know, you know, playing with, you know, I was, I was thinking, Mick Lyons was there, wasn't he on on Monday? Mick was the centre half. Well, Mick started as centre forward, yeah. you know, ended up playing up front for us for a little bit, and then, you know, as a centre half, regularly went up front when we were chasing games, and he could sniff a goal out, and, and Keane sort of. Uh, from, from a similar ilk, I suppose, in that, I, 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 though, to be fair, I don't remember Mick lobbing many in from 25 yards. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you. And it was a great finish. And, and, and tech, you know, he's good on the ball. I mean, when we play three at the back, he, he does play. I think he has played like as the middle centre-half because as the middle centre-half at the in the middle three, you're the one who's supposed to be good on the ball. And, and he is. He's better than... Uh, probably all our sense halves with the ball at his feet, and and that's shown at the you know in the final final third we saw against Palace last year, and and it was a tremendous goal, and and I was I was thinking you know there's I think I suppose it shows the dice sort of mentality that we're talking about, and that the sort of collectiveness is that you know we won what I was just trying to think we've won points at that end, what five points at the was it five points at that end with goals from Tarkovsky, a great goal by Coleman and a great goal by Keane? As yeah. answers five points in three home matches. And and if you're doing that in our position, then you, you're doing that. As far as I'm concerned, the team's doing the right things. They're all contributing all at the right time, at key moments. And, and that's what I'll take, take from uh, Monday's uh, game. That fit Michael you know, has not been known as being the best to react to uh, things when they've gone badly for him on the pitch. And for him to come back and strike a ball like that at the time he did, you know, that speaks volumes for his, you know, the, the way he, he sort of, his current spell in the team with Dyson in charge, where he's he's obviously more comfortable with the former Burnley manager in charge of him, isn't he? And I haven't just been classed as well by Lucas Moore as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, and and and, and that, that's you know two points last two games, you know virtual last minute goals in both of them. That could be places between now and the end of the season. There's places now, and especially the way the results panned out uh, during the week, as Paul said. Yeah, I mean, Paul, we'll move on to Abdelay Decore in a minute and the, and the sending off. But I mean, other than him, Michael Keane has 
um, arguably been the the biggest uh, recipient, the the biggest winner since um, Deitch took over, and he, and he has been one who the mentality had been questioned in, in, in the past, and that he'd been a regular for five years until this season, and hardly got a look in on, on the Frank Lampard. But uh, you could say he's certainly uh, justifying it. His recall in recent weeks. Yeah, couldn't couldn't argue with that. I don't think uh, before Cody Cody got dropped, I don't think he was playing. You know, probably to the level he was at the start of the season. He could, probably couldn't have had too many complaints. It was the probably surprising thing is that maybe Yeri Mina didn't come in before mm-hmm. Michael Keane. But I think I think he's been pretty good since he's come back. Uh, obviously, the, the second half or the the back end of the first half and the second half against Arsenal wasn't great collectively. I know some people blamed him for. Felix's goal against Chelsea was whether he should have cleared a bit better. Well, I think that was a bit harsh. Uh, and then, yeah, as, as Gavin's rightly said, it just it summed up his Everton career. It's veered in different directions, hasn't it? Uh, you know, uh, a, a poor decision uh, to, to give the penalty away, and that could have proved costly. But, you know, to be clattered like that, I know Lucas Moura has apologised, and rightly so, but it was a really, really poor tackle, if, if not in, you know, obviously he didn't mean it. It was a really, really poor tackle. But to take on that, that responsibility, you know, we're in, going into injury time. And he, he really meant it, didn't he? You know, quite often in those situations, I'm sure we've all been there at the game over the years where a centre-back or a centre-midfielder who's not known for the, the goal scoring just lashed at it. But he, he he took his time, didn't he? And picked his spot absolutely brilliantly. Uh, I'll go with Deitch. You know, I've got to be honest. I probably wasn't completely convinced by Michael Keane. Uh, I, I'd probably, I'd still say the jury's out. Not completely, but... I'd have to see a more a, this run of form consistently going before I go. Yeah, he's definitely one of the two centre halves. But Deitch knows him. You know, he's got the best out of him at, at Burnley, like he did Karkowski and like he did Benny. And he's and at the moment he's doing the job. And it was a, a huge goal. Obviously, got a massive goal for us last season against Palace, which was so important starting that fight back. As as Gav says, we just don't know that could be an even bigger goal come the end of this season. Yeah. So moving on to the core, Gav. Um, uh, one, of, one of the main men since Deitch came in, frozen out in the final weeks of Lampard, started every game since. So how big of a, a letdown, a lack of discipline was that to, to, to be sent off in, in such circumstances? A total letdown, I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, without uh, sounding harsh, I think the histrionics of Harry Kane has sort of overshadowed the fact that it was totally unprofessional, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you you goalless at home to Spurs, a massive game. Um, you know, we've not got the biggest squad anyway, as we all know. And for you to, you know, the, the referee had made his decision before Kane had made, you know, collapsed yeah. in a heap. Um, you know, that, that sort of distracted from it. You, you got yourself sent off, and that and that's. I thought that was shockingly unprofessional. To be honest with you. And I think, you know, it has been overshadowed by Kane's, you know, the Kane, the Kane stuff. But I thought it was really poor uh, by a senior pro. And unfortunately for him, you know, it, Michael Keane also got Decore out of jail a little bit, didn't he, really? Because if he'd have got beat 1-0, you know, I think Decore may have got, got fingers pointed at him for costing us uh, a couple of maybe a points, possibly three. And um, it's, it's still left us a problem, hasn't it, that we've now got two games without him. Yeah. You know, in an area of the pitch that there's, a, you know, there's options there, but not a, a necessarily a like-for-like option. That we'll come to that in a bit. And uh, I thought, I thought the, the 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 narrative over Kane overshadowed what I thought was a, a poor bit of play from a, a senior pro. We should know better. 
Yeah. I mean, Paul, what were your thoughts from the stands as, went, as soon as it happened? Did you think, well, that's red? Um... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm completely with Gav there. I, I know the the narrative the last day is, is Kane gone down too easily. Perhaps yeah. he did. Perhaps maybe he got you know gouged in the eye that you you know you can't see him. He might have generally been hurt. Doesn't really bother me to be honest. Danny Kane won't be the first. He's and he, he's not the first. And he won't be the last. Maybe to make a meal of a situation to get a player sent off. It was completely on Decore. And I know certainly myself and my dad uh, and the people around us. You know, in the main stands to the uh, to the right of you guys in the in the press box, we're all yeah. saying the same. It was I know a couple of people getting on Kane's back, but it was completely Decore's fault. If yeah. you you know even if you're getting wound up by a player, you cannot put your hands into a player's face. And uh, you know at the time. It, the worry was that it was going to cost us on the night. Unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. for, for, for the core, I, the players double, you know, dug in and then obviously got a, a really valuable point in the end. But I know we'll probably come on to this later on in the pod but when we're kind of talking to the team for, for the game against Manchester United. Yeah. But it's just, it's added a little problem that John Dyche didn't need because. Obviously, he's got midfielders who could replace the core, or he can, you know, move players around uh, from the current positions. But I think he's the top scorer, isn't he, for us uh, since mm-hmm. since they just come come in with two. And I, I think of of the three midfielders, I think he's almost acting as like a an, an auxiliary striker, isn't he, at times? And I'm not sure whoever comes in uh, tomorrow in these next two games could do the job probably as effectively as at the moment. So yeah, he, he did let himself down. I'm sure he's apologised in the training room, in, in the uh, in the dressing room after the game. I know Sean Dyche has said, listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it's gone now. But I'm sure he would have been disappointed as well because he's playing so well at the moment. Yeah. Just wanted to say, Gav, we're all in agreement. That's a, that's a red card offence. You can't do that um, regardless of how the opponent reacts. And I know obviously Harry Kane went on to to score the penalty. But I just wonder if it was um, counterproductive in that you've mentioned those goals in front of the Gladys Street. Um, the grand old lady, is, as we call Goodison, uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and uh, yeah. became a bit of a pantomime villain for, for the rest of the game. Sort of galvanised, as we've seen in the past, certain flashpoints have, have really got the, the home crowd going and, and the team as well. Yeah, I think Kane was the pantomime villain even before that, wasn't he, yeah. really? Uh, you know, just sort of put the cherry on the cake. I yeah. mean, is he? Yeah, I, I think I think it was a good atmosphere on Monday. Anyway, really, yeah, possibly did um, invigorate the players and, and the crowd a little bit more. But we played decent with eleven, and even with ten men, you just felt that space. We just sat back, didn't he? And you know, played into our hands to a degree. And I, I think you know that helped as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know, as you say, you know, Goodison with the, you know, and Goodison and the home players, if they feel they've been wrong, can be quite a um, irresistible force. But I never felt that on on Monday. To be honest with you, Chris, I just felt that yeah. we, we, I thought we were well organised and we were confident, and I thought we, we, we had enough in us with eleven or ten men to get something out of it. I, I think the, the thing about Kane, I'd say, is and is it. It's not really a criticism of Everton fans as such, but I think any supporter, you, you are like a little bit hypocritical, aren't you, this type of stuff? I mean, I've seen lots of Everton players over the years do exactly the same as that. In fact, one of them is playing for Spurs at the moment, would you believe? <laughs> and, and I think, um, 
you know, you got Yeri Mean, it was a Kai Averts last year when we played Chelsea and and, and I think, you know, we, we, we criticised players at the Anfield Derby, didn't we, for not taking out Liverpool players when they were, you know, and, and getting, a, getting a booking, you know, when they were running off the pitch and, and stopping play. That's all part of the same thing, isn't it, really? You know, the dark arts. And I, I always feel uncomfortable when we, as, as, as any, any, well, as Everton fans, when we start sort of taking the moral high ground and all this type of stuff, because... I've seen lots of Everton players do that exactly the same over the years and not be criticised by our, our fan base. It's part of the game. I get the fact that Kane is an England captain, perhaps would be held to higher standards, but actually I question that as well. Uh, yeah, and, and it, But I do get the general thing with him, is he didn't need to do it, did he, really? Because the core was off anyway, regardless of what Kane he had. I, I get that bit, but it's easy for us to become pious and have model, you know, high moral standards over this when we hold Everton players to exactly the same standards as Kane, don't we, really? We've all yeah. seen it, and we've all had a good laugh at it over the years, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, I saw Kevin Rack, I mean, you probably remember, remember Kevin Rack had got in his own sense off in the late 80s. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those preposterous, and he even admitted this, Kevin, you know, yeah. a few years later, you know, Vinny, Vinny hardly put his head in his face, and Kenny went, uh, Kevin went down as if Vinny had just get clumped him with the right hook. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's been going on for donkey's years. It predates even, dare I say, the influence of foreign players in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think um, we shouldn't get so uh, haughty and highbrow over it. Um, we'll just move on. And I, I say it probably did help us in the end, didn't it, really, in some respects? Yeah, Paul, just as a, as a last word on, on the Tottenham game, because Gav said that we're even with 11 men, Everton did actually create a, some, some decent opportunities. I think one particularly, Adrissa Gay, I know he's not obviously a, a natural finisher, but he had a very good chance um, early in, in, in the second half. And the, it, it wasn't just like a, a, a smash and grab, was it? Obviously, they had to come from behind, but it was another decent performance against um, a, a tough opponent. Absolutely. I know Tottenham had more of the possession, but if you look at like the shots and the shots on target, we, we dominated really. And I think mm. there's kind of like this uh, outside view of Deitch at the moment that, you know, Everton, if they're going to win, it's, it's going to be by one goal. There's going to be a lot of one-ones and that would probably prove, be, uh, prove to be true. But I don't think it's a lack of effort on his part and the players' yeah. part. I just think it's bad decision-making in the final third and probably not having you know those players who are, who are clinical, really. And uh, just again, was the best example of that. It was yeah. it was a really good chance. And I think I've said it on other podcasts, uh, on, on this podcast and in previous weeks, like the, the midfielders have all had big chances, hasn't they, since, yeah. uh, since Sean Dyche has come in. Decore, two or three, and Arna, definitely two or three. Less so for Gay, but like, yeah, he, he just chose the wrong, wrong option. You know, if you're going to shoot there, you've got to score, haven't you? Particularly when you've got two players either side of you. But again, I, I, I don't want to become as, uh, you know, <laughs> we're still very much in trouble, very much in a relegation fight. But certainly the home games, I, I can't get away, but I, I go to home games. And every yeah. every one at the moment, I'm coming away more encouraged uh, by the way we're playing and, and our chances hopefully are staying up. Uh, even even the Villa game, you know, even the Villa game up until the, the penalty, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, we're the best team. I missed good chances in that game as well. So, yeah, it was, as you rightly said there, Chris, it, it, it wasn't just a, a fluky point or, a you know, a last gas point. It was, it was fully deserved. Yeah. Well, Gav, um, before we move on to Manchester United, Paul just mentioned there about the, 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 the increased encouragement that he feels um, on the Sean yeah. Deitch. And uh, 
Frank Lampard, uh, dismissed by Everton at the, at the end of January, returning to the Premier League, returned to, to, to Chelsea, where he's, yeah. where he's a big hero. I, I suspect that's the key. I mean, who'd have saw that one coming? Did you see it coming? No, no. You may be seeing it coming. He was, he was there on Tuesday, wasn't he, yeah, for he was. um, the Liverpool game? And perhaps the clues are there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you've done a piece this week about how Everton, fan, Everton former Everton managers have landed on their feet when you've uh, right. left Goodison and often in unexpected places and circumstances. And yeah. this is one of them. I mean, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, Chelsea are <laughs> sort of, you know, dare I say, you know... Like ourselves, have had a lot of stick. What they've done off the pitch this season, haven't they? Yeah. Um, th- this is one of one of those decisions. Really, could b- back go either way. I think. Um, it, it, but in some respects, and I don't really care. Frank Frank was Everton manager. I don't think he was up for it for reasons we discussed many things on on this pod. Dice is coming with a different uh, different mindset, experience. And you've seen a difference straight away, to be honest. But yeah, good luck to Frank. But you know, to me, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, and it'll just be we'll be interested to see how he gets on. Obviously, but you know, it's, it's just funny, isn't it? Really, how how football operates. Just hope next time, you know, Colin Harvey doesn't need to come back as Everton manager, perhaps, or dare I say, Mike Walker <laughs> at some point in, in the future. The way well, the way it's uh, Roy Hodgson knows who I need to be fair. Yeah, yeah, Roy's seventy Roy's seventy five, so you know that, that that's maybe not, not as uh, not as outlandish as what it what it seems. I think you could take Colin back, but Mike Walker I'm not not so <laughs> not, not, not not so sure. Um but it's it's just all been a bit bizarre, hasn't it? The last the last few few uh, few weeks. What I would say though, I think that this is a point worth making there's obviously, you know, Leicester have got rid of Rodgers and there's been talk about Forrest and West Ham. You do think that, although we said the appointment of Dice was late, it was early enough in the season to make a difference, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 You know, I think that's the, the point I'd make about all this, all this talk over... You know, we, we, we brought him in too late. Actually, compared to what other clubs have done, we actually got him in at about the the rightest time and in, in the circumstances. Because in the position now with some clubs where they've either changed the manager or are talking to changing the manager. Yeah. And that's not right. That doesn't, that's not great in either scenario, is it? If you're Moyes now, you don't want to a game by game basis, the same with Cooper, don't you? A forest and that that that's also playing into our hands a little bit. Mm. I think because they're 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 obviously they're our rivals. I mean, Leeds have shown if you get somebody in early enough, they can make a difference. And I think uh, you know we have shown that if you get somebody in at the right time, it can make a big change. And I think that's given us a little bit of a march over our. Our eight eight rivals at the in the initial allegation, but like we got Dyson at the right time, and you're seeing you're seeing the impact of that, aren't you? And it, it was in, and I noticed it definitely on Monday. I don't know if you did this. Yeah, and he spoke about it subsequently. I think on Tuesday that the players are getting are getting the message messages that he wants to give them. 
yeah. on the pitch. And you can see a team, can't you, who even compared to two or three weeks ago, when in possession, they've got a lot more idea of what they need to do. Yeah. And what's expected of them. And I, I got that all day long on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you're a point of manager now in the Premier League, that's not going to happen, is it? With nine games left, it's going to be too late. And I think um, fair play, we, we got Bison at the at the right time. To be, even though it did seem paradoxically a little bit too late. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned there, Gav, um, we've not actually reached the anniversary of when Dyche was sacked by uh, Burnley uh, last year. So there's still up, you know, somebody could still just gamble, couldn't they, and, and, and get rid of someone. But Paul, going back to Frank Lampard, I mean, we we, we discussed it, didn't we? And we, we said, wow. Um, what about that? I mean, I suppose in theory, he, he, he could get, he, he could get one over Carlo Ancelotti. He could win the Champions League this season. I suppose it's different. As Gav says, he's not bothered because he's not gone to one of our relegation rivals. So he's kind of up there in mid-table with, with, with Chelsea. But um, he, he, like I said in, in my piece, he's one of these several former Everton managers now who, who do seem to have fallen on their feet. Yeah. Before before you go on, Chris, Chelsea yeah. can still get relegated, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, win, win the Champions League and get relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, I just thought about that point. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely uh, fell upwards, hasn't he? Not from Everton, but to get a job like Chelsea, uh, yeah. I don't think any 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 of us could have could have imagined it. And like, you know, I I always have a lot of time for Frank Lampard because I think. Last season, he reconnected a fan base pretty well, didn't he? And obviously, he did the job that he was brought in for, which was was kept us up. Uh, I, I felt he should have gone it sooner this season, but yeah. it's easy it's easier to say that in retrospect, isn't it? Gav makes a very good point. The fact that compared to a lot of the other clubs down there, it looks like we've gone early. And yeah, would it have been great if? Sean Dyke should come in for those maybe Southampton and West Ham games. Yeah, I'd hope so. I think we'd have another, at least another three points on the board. But what's done is what's done now. Interesting one for him, isn't it, really? He's, I, I just have why, why Gav was speaking then. I was looking at the fixtures. Obviously, we've got Ancelotti and Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. Hopefully, he can do as a favour by beating Wolves on Saturday in his first game in charge. But the rest of the fixtures are, are, are pretty tricky in the league. I know they've not got much to play for in the league now, but I think they've got City, Newcastle, Brighton and, and Arsenal. So, it, it, he's, he's probably got... a. I, I always thought after... After him being sacked, he, he may have had to go back to the championship and maybe, you know, and, and build up his reputation again. Because he's going to Chelsea, where whatever happens, he'll always be a legend. He was well liked at Everton, wasn't he? No one was hounding him out, but he's obviously absolutely adored at Chelsea. Uh, if he can do a good enough job, you never know. He might get his next job, might come back in the Premier League kind of thing. And I, I watched him on, we said before, footy last night, didn't we? Because I watched, I watched him on Tuesday against Liverpool, and Chelsea have still got a number of good good players they're just lacking a goal scorer so you never know if you if you bring some like a Bamiyang back in might start getting results it's it's yeah football's it's crazy isn't it and like yeah I don't know if any Chelsea fans will be listening to this but you do see a bit a few parallels between the new, their new owners and how Mishiri's uh, ran Everton in the earlier days when money was no object and just players were bought at random kind of thing it's uh, managerial changes now good luck to him Good luck to him. Can't believe it, but good luck to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's say them. I think regardless of what, what happens, I think it'd be good for him in 
whatever next permanent job he gets because he'll be coming off the back of Chelsea um, again. But uh, yeah, interesting time. So just finally looking forward to Old Trafford um, tomorrow, Gav. Obviously, the, the main issue, we've already alluded to it, is um, that gaping Abdoulaye Decore-sized hole in, in the Everton team and what Sean Dyche does. Um, does he go like, well, there's no like-for-like like replacement, but does he put another midfielder in or does he change his formation? What do you think? It's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Because I think, though I'm not necessarily a fan of Decore and Ronaldo playing together because I think they are alike. I said before, I think the midfield is unbalanced. For what for what Dice is trying to achieve with us in the start of play, I can see why he wants to go with with those two. Uh, so I think whoever you bring in, and I spoke before about the blend that he, he's got, I think it's probably going to make us a little bit weaker, even though I'm a big fan of like what James Garner will bring to the team in terms of his passing ability. So that's... That, that's an issue for me. But the, I, I mean, there's been two or three options put forward, isn't there? I just bring Garner in, James Garner, that is. And now, so we've now got the desired, was it Garner and Arna? Garner. <laughs> uh, midfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, and then what you'd have to do really then is you'd probably have to play on Arna as the, the sort of Decore role then, wouldn't you, I would imagine? But then Garner's got James Garner's got a different skill set to, to an Arnie. You can pass the ball a bit more. So there's there's that aspect to it. It's not like you know, that's not like we're like replacement, but Garner gives us more options, James Garner, in terms of his ability on the ball, set piece delivery. Um as an aside, I think an Arnie needs some shooting practice, doesn't he? Yeah. A Finch farm. Yeah. You know, he, he's uh, he's a bit powerful puff, isn't he, really? He needs to uh, up his game there. So there's that. Then there's Tom Davis comes in, who is probably, you know, I mean, I think Tom would probably then be sit a bit deeper, perhaps. Maybe with Garner Gay pushing forward a little bit more, perhaps. And but that's not ideal. And Tom Tom's had only limited game time, hasn't he? And I think that's not ideal. Um, you'd still end up playing an honor, I think, more as, the, as, a, as a striker. And then the other one, which involves maybe two or three positional changes, is the the one where you play Sims up front, move Iwobi into the middle and play Gray in Iwobi's place, wide right, where you get more out. Iwobi's in his middle, middle position, which I think he desires. The only thing about that, I don't think Dice really trusts Gray out wide in terms of his work rate. And it means we lose Grace on a decent job up front, and we lose that. But we do get then get Sims, who perhaps might might uh, might might offer us a little bit of physicality up front. So they're all not ideal, are they? Really, you could do a thesis on this. I mean, yeah. it, it's maybe easy the fact that there's no Casemiro, is there tomorrow? Right. So him and Ericsson, I know Ericsson maybe is back in the squad. I believe you said. The United midfield's a bit weaker. It's not those three options are not ideal, even though they give us options. I get if you ask me, I get James Garner on the pitch. Yeah. I think he's long overdue. So I get Garner and Garner Gay sitting deep and maybe an honor as more as a striker behind uh, Gray. Yeah. But who knows? Mm. Interesting. 
Paul, what would you do? Because, I mean, obviously we've not discussed it. I mean, you could even chuck an extra centre-back in there, or as Gaff did allude to, bring Ellis Sims in as, as an extra attacker. I mean, what would your choice be if you put yourself in Sean Dyche's shoes? Oh, maybe put Michael Keane up front after the yeah. other night. <laughs> no, I'm kind, I'm kind of with Gav really. Like, if if, if I know Dominic Calvert Lewin looks like he's stepping up his training a little bit, but it'd be a, a big surprise if he was in the squad. Even bigger surprise if he was starting tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that may make me think if it was in Sean Dyche's shoes to put him in and then move players around. But I, I think, I think the system is working pretty well. Isn't it? We're four games undefeated, so I. The, the system is clearly doing its job. Uh, we're scoring goals away from home for in the last two. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't want to tinker with it as much. Yeah. Not too much. So I think I'd keep a Wobie on the right. I'd probably keep Gray up front. And then it comes down to who who replaces uh, Decore. And I do think it's going to be difficult because I don't think Garner or Davis are similar players at all. But as Gav rightly says, maybe Anana, maybe Anana, you know, could he, he's certainly got the, the legs to do it. And he is a threat, isn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, he can't score. I know, apart from that header against Southampton, he's, he's shooting, it's is, is below the standard it needs to be, you know, to become an all-round midfielder, which I'm sure he can become. But I think he's probably, probably got the attributes to maybe mirror what Decore has been doing. And I think I, I too would, would probably, Go with Garner to come in for for the corner and change the midfielder a little bit, but Tom Davis as well. I thought he did pretty well when he come came on the other night, and I, I do prefer Davis starting to be honest to uh, than, than coming on because I think he, he has more of an impact. Sometimes I think the, the game's a bit too fast for him at time. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's, it's, I think I'd go Garner. I'd go Garner. Yes. Yeah. Predictions time to finish. Obviously, it's just just the 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 one Premier League winner, Old Trafford, since the. Since they ever and recorded their first ever Premier League win there in August 1992, I've seen Brian Oviedo 2013. Um, Gav, what do you reckon? Um, I'm confident tomorrow. I yeah. think, um, you know, this fixture a month ago looked quite daunting, didn't it, really? But United, I know they got a result this midweek, but they were woeful at Newcastle, weren't they? And they've got recent memories of a hammering against another club on Merseyside and <laughs> I think I, I think we can it was one all last year wasn't it and yeah, I, I'll go with one all you know what I'm, I'm just thinking you mentioned Tom Davis Tom Davis's effort at the end of the last year remember well, course, yeah. Yeah, he, really, uh, right. he got caught up in about three minds didn't he yeah, and indeed. what to do and, and you know so I think I think one all it's you know we said I said a few weeks ago that anything we got from Chelsea Spurs and Man United will be a bonus and we got two points so far but late goals we show plenty of character and actually no reason why at all why we can't nick a nick a point tomorrow easily uh, if we we apply ourselves like we did on Monday and apply ourselves like we did at Chelsea and I think we can I I, I think we can. Easy get a point spider, so I'm going to go with one or hopefully more. Yeah, any advance on that, Paul? <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, copy it completely to be honest. One, one, two. Uh, you know, United have got an excellent home record this year, uh, and just, you know, Rashford is, is absolutely flying, but you, you do feel like the the, the games they're playing at the moment is catching up with them a little bit, isn't it? You know, they've, they've won one trophy, they're in for two more, they've got the champions, uh. 
so they've got the Europa League, haven't they? I think the yeah. next game's on, on Thursday against Sevilla. So I just wonder if this is the right time to play him. I still think it's going to be a really hard game, uh, you know, even though Casemiro being, help, being out will help. But yeah, I think we're, we're playing with confidence. I think I might, I might be wrong, but I'm sure he's just got results there in the past with Burnley. Be absolutely delighted if we got anything more than a point, but I'd, I'd certainly take one now, so I'll go 1 1 too. Yeah. Well, I was also going to go 1 1, but in the, just to spice things up a bit, I'd, I'd say 2 2 2. Another 2 1. Oh, yeah. So, uh, regardless of um, what goes on, I uh, wish you all uh, a happy Easter, everyone. We'll be back with you uh, next re- week to uh, review the, the, the action at Old Trafford and obviously in, in time be looking forward to the fixture against Marco Silva's uh, Fulham. But I've been your host, Chris Beasley, been joined by Paul Wheelock and Gavin Buckland and this has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.